the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on the KDOW app and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Ron Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Hello, 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 and welcome in, Rob Black. Your money, I'm Rob Black. I'm an financial investor. Or lots going on. It's earnings season. Starting to hear some weird curveballs out there, such as an effective treatment from Gilead with Remsevere. Treatment, not cure. Not. It helps. You lock or something along those lines. I don't want to play the part of medical professional. You can do that on your own. But yesterday was an interesting day. The Russell 2000 has been in rally mode, which I like to see because it's been an underperformer. I don't necessarily want my stocks to all hit 52 week highs. I want all stocks to hit 52 week highs over time. And it tells me that's a healthier economy and not just my, my incredible stock picking skills. Royal Dutch Shell cut its dividend for the first time since World War II. That's a pretty big one. As far as like <clears throat> bombshells I could drop on you today. As far as F-bombs, Elon Musk is decrying the stay-at-home orders. And he is dropping some crazy curse words on Twitter and other outlets. Tesla's up 8% today following a better-than-expected results in the first quarter. And again, first quarter is going to be way different than the second quarter. First quarter had two good months of health and, and no ill will, January and February. And then March, things kind of got unhinged. The number one driving economic thing in my head for the next couple of weeks is going to be bad economic data. Um, that should drive the market, but it may not. Optimism may drive it. You've heard me say on the show before that fear and hope don't belong on Wall Street. Hope belongs in church. I hope there's a heaven. And hope belongs in a football field. I hope the 49ers go to the, I was going to say World Series, but let's say Super Bowl for a good measure. 
Um, so Royal Dutch cutting numbers, cutting dividend, that's huge. A lot of people in the world, the only reason they own oil companies are the dividends. Tesla CEO Elon Musk uh, in the news. Their stock is almost back to exactly where it was pre-COVID. Is that not crazy? Yesterday, it did not. It's it struck me we were something like ten percent from an all-time high on the S&P 500, which I'll be honest with you, starting the year massively overvalued in a trade war type scenario. I I'm good with being. I'm good with that number. One of the worst months you'll ever see March. One of the best months you'll ever see April. It's ridiculous. Markets are lower today because of economic data on unemployment is probably my guess. Or maybe it's the recent rally. Apple sitting up five bucks. They're on, what's the word? They're on call for, they're up next. They're in the batting circle for earnings. Beyond Meat, over $100 again, playing to that area. McDonald's down on numbers. Let's talk about some of these numbers. Let's throw some of the things out. Um, first and foremost, Macy says its plans to have all of its stores reopened in the next six weeks. Eh. Can't get excited with that headline, right? U.S. weekly jobless claims hit 3.84 million. That tops 30 million in the last six weeks. Whoa. That's a number that's unprecedented. We don't have anything like that in our history at all. Dow's closing out April with more dismal economic news as its precedent. Oh, Elon Musk got to drop the word fascist yesterday. <laughs> if you don't get a chance to hear their conference call, you really, really should. It's kind of like my entertainment. American Airlines, they uh, lost $2.2 billion in the first quarter. Biggest loss ever? Nope. Biggest loss since 2008. I'm not an airline guy. I will never be an airline guy. I see them as buses in the sky. Maybe coming out of COVID, they will be RVs in the sky or something better than a bus, you know? Maybe we'll have to pay more money, but it'll be uh, worth it. I don't see that as a possibility, but maybe. McDonald's earnings fall 17% as coronavirus leads to restaurant closures and plunging sales. Uh, they said in early April that same-store sales fell about 3.4% in the first three months of the year. Again, it's kind of messed up data, three months. Companies' earnings fell 17% in the first quarter. A lot of what we're hearing so far is those earnings aren't as bad as we thought they were going to be as we go through earnings season. And some of them are like, well, we actually saw some, it was actually kind of nice. One of the things that started hitting the, the markets yesterday as far as stories go, and we've brought this up, as the disease hits the populated coastal cities and maybe it starts to move inward, there may be a meat shortage. So I, I've been teasing and joking, go get bacon, put it in your freezer. Otherwise, you may find yourself in a world with no bacon. That's not good. 
like Tyson's Foods, and you're saying that Trump tried to enact a a wartime emergency forcing the meat workers in the United States to go to work. And a lot of them just called in sick and said, we don't feel good. So there's something going on here. Tyson Foods, country's largest meat company, warned that the coronavirus endangers the U.S. food supply chain. The food supply chain is breaking. President Trump signed an order that used the power of the Defense Production Act to classify meat processing as critical infrastructure. The union for the commercial workers and the United Food Workers responded by asking the president for rules to protect even more workers from getting sick and dying. It's a pretty alarming rate of what the meatpacking industry is coming down with the virus and getting sick, sickly from the virus. So that's something we got to start talking about or thinking about, right? Pandemic brings record Twitter use, but they had a shortfall in revenue. Don't you love earnings season? Are you not totally on this with me? Kraft Heinz sticks with their dividend, even though Royal Dutch Shell said they can't stick with theirs. Kraft Heinz turning into healthy quarterly numbers. Um, good, they should. If you've gone to a grocery store in the last six weeks, you've probably noticed some aisles are totally cleaned out, except for the tofu aisle. Kidding, tofu lovers. But food uh, giant Kraft Heinz turned in strong numbers, just like Campbell's Soupwell. So the results is a bit of good news because Kraft has kind of become a weary and forlorn stock. The company did provide some guidance of what results will look like, saying single, mid-single digit growth. Hey, when you're living in times of COVID and you're seeing sales fall 10, 20, 30, 40%, even higher for airlines and leisure companies, um, high mid-single digit sounds kind of sexy. And a dividend? Kick. I can see some people liking that. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Maybe just a hot chocolate. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Trying to keep this as simple as clean as possible for you, right? Steve Mnuchin says he wants you to give back the money if it came to one of your dead relatives. I think that's kind of fair. <laughs> but with that being said, um, you know, I've been doing this radio show for almost 25 years. and I'll have to look at it somewhere close to that now. And one of the things I used to say is kind of a joke is when I die, I want my kids to go bury me in the backyard in a shoebox and just keep collecting my Social Security to at least get me to break even for all that I put into it. 
it's a joke. But that's kind of what we're dealing with at this point, in this point in time. Um, the way the government hands out money, it never seems like a wise idea. It seems that some people get it that shun it. It sometimes feels that some people get it that, um, there's stipulations put on it. I remember not that long ago, in order to get food stamps, one of the administrations put in drug testing. Hey, you may be hungry and your child may be hungry, but we're not giving you free food or money for free food if you got a drug issue. And that's when it gets, it just gets kind of messy. So guess who's reporting earnings tonight? Apple. And Morgan Stanley is calling it their top IT hardware pick. Now, do you think of Apple as a hardware company? Do you think of them as a software company? Do you think of them as a tech company? Do you think of them as a large number of subscribers company? There's a lot of ways to look at it. I own shares of Apple, and one of the, my fee size is still intact, although another one of them has been destroyed. I was looking for a healthy world. And then the world got COVID. And COVID stops people from coming to malls. Probably wisely so. Um, so that's out there. Um, other big stories of note. Okay, so Apple's going to report numbers tonight. It's going to be something we, we pay a lot of attention to. Because they have that exposure to Asia. I don't know if this is true, but at times the media makes it sound like every single one of their factories is in China. So when China got shut down in January, February, hard, they were like, this isn't good. But Apple has an attractive setup right now as far as the stock goes. They have a scenario of they can tell us how China is doing. They have a scenario where they can tell us when they're going to reopen American stores. They have a scenario of what are they doing with their cash? They have a scenario of what are they doing with their dividend? A lot of positives can come out of it. Now, the Wall Street Journal has already told us that Apple delayed the production of this year's iPhone by about a month. To delay is not to put off. To delay is not to shut down. So that's not the worst news in the world. China factory activity returning to normal levels. iPhone productions looking to be ahead of estimates. One thing that we've done through the COVID is we've probably become a little more reliant on our phones. Whether it's for media, like uh, music, Spotify is showing just fantastic numbers. So we are interested in seeing what Apple does. Maybe the AirPods, once you have the music, you'll be like, hey, I want a better listening experience. Why not get sucked into this $250, $300 um, Earplug trap. I'm going to die anyway. So there's a lot of plays in 5G. There's a lot of plays in uh, sheltering in place and subscriptions. One of the plays that I like in 5G are towers. Towers are literally big old poles of metal erected into a tower. Sometimes it could be a phone pole. And they don't have jobs. They don't have COVID. They don't have healthcare benefits. They don't have anything like that. A tower is just a tower. And as we talk about 
some of the new standards being developed out there, whether it's for Wi-Fi or faster phone, so faster uh, uh, wireless fiber, or the the signal get to get to your to your router. A lot of good things still happening. Again, can they be delayed? Absolutely. Will we have pent up demand? Absolutely. It is expected that Apple's going to, for the first time, um, show some more numbers that are, are shockingly positive. For instance, the Apple Watch sales to hit one million in the first weekend. Um, whoa. Apple Watch sales to hit one million. Gene Munster believes Apple could sell 300,000 of its smartwatches in the first 24 hours of pre-ordering. That's an old story to the tune of three or four years. So I want to see Apple come up, and they're not going to tell us right now. But if their next watch has some, how shall we say, temperature reading or blood oxygen in uh, oxygen in your blood, which is a very easy sensor, I think more Americans are going to say, you know, we're going to have to take this COVID thing seriously. Or we're going to have to take viruses seriously. Or we're going to have to take our health more seriously. And a lot of people will say, well, I could put a watch on my wrist and that would be easy enough, right? <laughs> sure, sounds good enough. So you get the idea of what's going on in earnings season. Zoom is having some growing pains. Will banks use them? Will banks not use them? Um, lots going on there. Banks need a little bit more security in their video conferences where a banker can call you up and say, hey, crikey, I got a loan for you. It's got one billion free dollars. And like you're, you're like, what's the interest rate? Free, I said free. You can't go around promises something you can't back up kind of thing. So the compliance issues of Zoom are pretty large at this point in time. And yet they also seem to do some smart things. They bring on a chief security officer, um, smart, because, you know, as the story started to break that some of their Zoom conferences are being hacked. And you're probably going to get an email right now saying, hey, we have a Zoom conference for you regarding your IRS government payment. And it's going to be a scam. And all you need to do to log on is hit this link. So be careful in scams right now. Sadly, in America, we tend to rise to the occasion of tragedies. But we also tend to rip off our own people during tragedies. Facebook's a winner, winner, chicken dinner, moving towards a record high. How is that possible? Wasn't it a month ago we were in dire need of, like, life and blood? Not so much. A uh, ton of earnings reports were in earnings season. Uh, High-profile companies, McDonald's, Comcast, Dow, Kellogg, eBay, Teladoc, Teladoc, TDOC. That sounds like a winner, right? Twitter, Kraft, um, all doing well. Amazon has hit a record high. Apple is reporting today after the close. There's going to be lots of stories to run with tomorrow. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls off on the air. Amazon's up 50% from its lows. Apple's up 35%. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. 
Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I hope you're learning what type of investor you are or not in this time. One month ago. What a crazy month, right? Were you greedy? Were you fearful? Did you want out? Did you stop looking? Did you assume we were going to zero? Did you scrounge around and make things better in your portfolio? Like, if I had to rate this one, whether it be a stock or an ETF or an index, uh, did you ever cross your mind to say, I'd rate this one a five, but I, I, there's sevens and eights out there. I'm going to, I'm going to improve my, my lot. Do I wish I was a perfect market timer? I do. Man, I would own an island. I would be worth billions, maybe even trillions. Um, but those don't exist. You got to be very, very cautious, in my opinion. Um, 30 million filed for unemployment. I really have not hit on this like I should. More grim news. That's 30 million people now in the last six weeks. Um, the employment report is going to come out and it's going to go from, Hey, how did we jump from 4%, 3.5% unemployment levels, depending on what you look at fully employed or not to where we are now? Last week, roughly 3.8 million people filed for unemployment last week alone. Um, I'm not getting political, but I would expect some more in large part because the Trump administration, the president, is telling the states, hey, you're the guys who are treating your own sick people, and you're the guys who are also taxing them, so don't look to us to bail you out. And the states are like, you're the guy who didn't stop this from getting into America, and you're the guy who had a slow federal response. Um, so they're kind of pointing fingers at each other, and the expectation is more people will get, lose their jobs from the state level. What we have right now is a massive breakup of what's happened on the healthcare. Um, no one's losing their jobs there, right? Maybe salespeople. Uh, maybe people who do things like breast augmentations are saying, oh, when do I get back to do elective surgeries? Um, I don't know, like, is a colonoscopy elective or not? I think it is. So when do those doctors get back to work? Because hospitals need that cash flow. But, you know, it's it's a, the, pr- the problem is so deep and so pronged it's not the easiest thing to say, let's do it this way. Um, and it's going to cure all ills. Apple earnings, solid. Will they be yes or no? If you haven't heard a conference call, Google Apple today. We're going to Yahoo and hit the finance page. and You'll figure out what their conference call number is. It's fun, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Does the economy go in a U-shaped recovery or a V-shaped recovery? We're starting to get some data where we could look at coming out of, for instance, China and Taiwan. Of Did people go back to restaurants? Did people go back to uh, movie theaters? We're not the Chinese in any way, shape, or form, but maybe there's some psychology that we share with each other. So... That's out there. So do you think U-shaped recovery or V-shaped recovery? And again, what sort of investor are you coming out of last year as at this point in time? 
um, did I say last year? Last month. <laughs> last year was easy. Um, this year it's a little more difficult. For instance, Disney has talked about a reopening plan. Companies have started talking about reopening plans. And one of the things they've said is we'll probably do like a 50% capacity and then a 75% before we ramp up to 100%. Surreal, right? Do you want to be one of those 50%? Like the people who are toying with the idea of, I wonder if they got rid of all the coronavirus on the rides and everything. And like just further sickening the information out there on what's safe and what's not. Uh, Congressman Justin Amash disclosed... Um, that his dependent children have bought Walt Disney stock in March, valued at anywhere from $17,000 to $80,000. So how much information did he have on what's going to get shut down or not? The conspiracy theories and the, and the just the outright, outright fraud is going to be pretty sickening in the months to come. 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. Seniors probably won't return to spending anytime soon. I will tell you this, and this is probably the worst thing I can tell you about the last 20 years of my career. This has not been a good time to be a senior. We've cut the interest rates so that you can no longer go to a CD, and your whole life savings, the 40 years before the last 20, you had a lot of cash, you were conservative, you had enough to retire. As long as you can get a CD, a certificate of deposit that was paid you 3 4%, and now you can't do it. So you're like, well, I'll go with an oil stock. They they always pay their dividends of 3 or 4%. And then you're like, oh, crap. The principal went down and Royal Dutch Shell just cut their dividend. And they're like, okay, maybe I'll go to. You start running out of options. So I'm not a senior, but as I grow older, my spending is very consciously tied towards my saving. I'm like, I don't know if we could do that and still save money. 40% of demand for oil. Will it recover? Will we have significant standstill that continues to linger on? Will gas prices bump up? But um, one thing that's expected is that seniors will be a little bit tighter with their wallet. Let's squeeze in a phone call. I believe the name is Michael, 800-516-1220. How are you? How you doing, Rob? Good, what's up? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Twitter because uh, their numbers came out this morning. I bought a bunch of shares of them, and I just think that uh, it's on its way up. I'm think I'm thinking, uh, yeah, the the reports were a little bit down, but I think that more and more users are going to use Twitter. Sure, let me uh, throw that out there. And how much is a bunch out of curiosity for you? A bunch of what? You said you bought a bunch of Twitter. Is it like 20% of your portfolio? Is it like a million dollars? Is it too much weighted? No, no, no. Or? I just bought okay. a thousand shares. What price did you get? Did you get a better price or a higher price? 28.80 something. Okay. You can hang up because there's a little bit of noise. I'll, I'll talk through this one on this one for you. And thanks for the call. Twitter beat lowered expectations after warning last month. So... The beat's not really a beat. What they basically said 30 days ago was, we're not going to hit the number we told you 60 days ago, so it's lower. Revenue grew 3%, but fell 27% in the last couple of weeks of March. What was interesting to note is they didn't see a pickup in April like Facebook did. So we're a little bit like, what's going on there? Um, They saw a strong start to the quarter with disruption related to COVID-19 in March, which led to significant decrease in global advertising spend. 
They should be well positioned in advertising spend if you think we're coming for a V-shaped recovery, which is what the stock market has basically been saying in the month of April. Ad revenue from March 11 to March 31, I guess about a three-week period, fell 27% year over year. Ad server rebuild should be complete by the end of the second quarter. They said COVID-19 has accelerated efforts to decentralize the workforce as they have all been working from home since the first week of March. So they saw no significant decrease in productivity. That's awesome. That's probably one of the best things we've heard from any company reflecting working at home. Average monthly daily um, active users grew 24% year over year, totaling 120, 166 million. So that, that these are pretty good numbers, but it's still tough to say where you want the company to go because they've pulled guidance. So they you know, basically said, we don't know, but we know that working from home is not hurting their productivity. That's a good thing. We don't know advertiser demand. And that's a little bit of a question mark. And as an investor, I'm okay with you on Twitter here. Um, I don't see, I see them as working market performer. Um, Mizuho upgraded Twitter to neutral from underperformer. They feel the COVID-19 impact is mostly reflected in SOC. Um, they've been upgraded recently. Uh, price targets typically right around 28 to 35 from what I'm looking at. Um, I don't own any Twitter. I, I think you should be cautious in the face of COVID for a revenue decline that could be steeper for online publishers than others. Um, I certainly could find other big tech companies that I would prefer more. Um, but I think disseminating information is super important and I'll tell you who should join their board if he loses the elections in November. It's Trump because he has made Twitter, I think, a thing for communicating politics. So they're down 5% today, sitting around 29.60. I can make a case for the valuation looks more attractive on a Facebook versus a Twitter. And that's just a valuation. And you'd have to say, okay, they're both in digital publishing. And maybe that's where it ends there. Um, in your head, but I see a market perform like the good quarter, not great quarter, no guidance whatsoever, which doesn't freak me out because no one's given guidance. Um, so, and that's where you start falling into that market perform angle. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. That wasn't my best answer. I wish I could have given better, um, but we'll work on that. So... 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The person that I really like at Twitter is Dorsey. And they have one super component of digital publishing. I wish they had some more. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
So it's the last day of April, and April has been very, very good. But March was very, very bad. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about maybe the second quarter will be very, very bad, followed by that fantastic. Funny how our timeline's pressing. Let's bring in CFP chat. Mr. Burton, what do we owe the pleasure of a call-in visit from you? Well, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm taking it you haven't checked your cell phone since you've been on the air. I have. I have. I just chose not to talk about it because there's other things that are stressing people out. But I'll oh, let you man. Yeah. <laughs> well, the morning besides getting the, the phone call at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning from first ADT and then the fire department, the new Focus Vancouver office building had a quite a fire. And then I walk out of the bedroom, and then the dog had obviously gotten sick, and there was stuff all over the floor. So that's how my morning's going. But what's interesting about all this, I mean, that's just something to, to deal with. We are already working from home anyways, so it doesn't really change business at this point. But, you know, just another thing to deal with. But as I've never dealt with a fire situation before, and one of the things that happens is – I'm standing there and, and a, a board up service, a, a person that represents the company, basically kind of like chases fires around, I assume, and boards the buildings up once they're done with an investigation. Um, sure. Who knew? And <clears throat> so it, what she, she was talking about, there's like an increase of arson right now because there's so many empty restaurants and bars. Yeah. Um, so anywhere there's a homeless population and combine that with a lot of empty buildings and bars and and, you know, Fires are happening, arson is happening, vandalism is happening as a result of a lot of this. Um, and then she told me a story of a bar owner that uh, something happened where the mortgage got sold and something didn't get transferred and her insurance lapsed during all of this. And there was a fire there and, you know, she's having an issue with no insurance coverage. So if anybody's dealing with a closed down business or a building or anything like that, double check your insurance, make sure everything's intact um, you know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, we, we bought new standing desks for all our employees in the Vancouver office. And, you know, did I update the insurance? You start thinking back that, did I do all the stuff that I tell clients to do? Right. Yep. Um, so just quite an in, insane way to start the day. Um, and just another issue that we're dealing with is, is, is part of the shutdown, um, increase think- in homelessness, increase in vandalism, fires, things like that. I think it's fair to say that, um, second homeowners, should heed your warning, not just business owners, um, and you know, check on their properties or send a neighbor over to check it on. It. And uh, if that's not a wake-up call to check on your insurance, I have a strong feeling, Chad, if you're not fully insured, you're overinsured, or you're pretty darn close to underinsured perfectly. Like um, You do very few things incorrectly. So it'll be okay. It'll be your first fire. And then you'll get a T-shirt that said, I survived a, a business fire, and all I got out of this was a stupid T-shirt. But you have to kind of go through those. And when you're starting the process, it's pretty stressful, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know one thing to deal with in, in light of all the other issues. Uh, you know, the market's obviously rebounded quite a bit, probably a little too far in terms of some of the economic numbers that we're going to see coming out. I, I hope things just kind of float sideways for a bit. Um, but it's, you know, just dealing with all of this, these new issues in terms of the CARES Act and business owners and what they should be doing with this payroll protection program. I've had a lot of questions lately from like self-employed sole proprietors. Can they do the, the unemployment benefit and the payroll protection program? Um, it, you know, people have been able to do both as a sole proprietor, Rob. And the questions that people don't know 
at many levels, at many levels of different businesses is what additional rules are going to come out in terms of this payroll protection loan to businesses. Is it going to be a forgivable loan or not? And in the next 48 hours, there's going to be a whole bunch of new regulations on these loans and, and, you know, people that might have taken them that might not need them, um, what you're supposed to be doing with them when people have to get back to work. And I mean, the payroll protection program, I mean, it might have helped quite a few businesses that needed the cash right away, but it is really messy at this point. So expect a lot of uh, press on this over the weekend and Monday and Tuesday in terms of more rules. I saw Steve Mnuchin say, hey, if you've got a dead relative, do not cash their check. And uh, that's kind of where we are, Chad. <laughs> People are trying to figure out every every little angle. Um, but yeah, we've come pretty far pretty fast in the stock market. And I would be fine. I, I hate you know going off the cuff with you, but if we were to end the year right here, I'd be like, that's not a bad year for, for COVID. Like, all things considered, I'm not expecting to be up 10 15%. If we are, we are. If we're down 10 15 we are, we are. I'm good with it. But I'm kind of feeling like we need a little bit of a pause here in the stock market. It seems to be uh, a lot. It's moving a lot faster than ever before. Like we said, we thought it was going to be two or three quarters down, two or three quarters up, not one down, one up month. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, so essentially what I'm thinking is that the the market right now is priced for more of that, not much of a return of the virus in fall, and that most industries get back to work. I mean, tech really hasn't, except the large tech um, hasn't really skipped a beat. Um, Smaller tech companies or startups and things like that, obviously there's a lot of issue and a lot of damage there. Um, but there is the, there's the kind of three different options when it comes to the virus. It kind of goes away, kind of, kind of haunts us a little bit in the fall, but we practice social distancing and get over it versus it really hits us again. It's definitely not priced for the, another shutdown situation. Um, so, you know, just be careful. Don't get out over your skis in terms of your risk tolerance. If you're a, you know, 60, 40 investor, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, be there. Don't go overboard. Um, there's still a lot of stuff that is cheap and basic materials, industrials, some tech, uh, small cap companies and mid cap companies with solid balance sheets are still undervalued. But some of the larger stuff, I think, has gotten back to a price that's that's priced more for eh, virus is gone. So just be a little careful. Well, sorry, you're having to go through a, another issue. <laughs> 2020 <laughs> great year, huh? Oh, yeah. The first text to employees is, I guess we're going to be working at home for a little bit longer in Vancouver, guys. My uh, 2020 started with a colonoscopy issue. <laughs> you're, uh, we both got the COVID issue, and now you're dealing with a fire issue, like, and stepping in dog poop. So we all go through it. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Um, now's a great time to look at your portfolio. Now's a great time to talk to a financial planner. Check it out. You can find it at newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.